Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Sunday, Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Uh, We'll have Dr. Timothy Paul joining us later on, the author of Human-Caused Global Warming, The Biggest Deception in History. Uh, Dr. Paul was invited by the Trump administration to participate, or at least observe and be there, for several days of the transition as the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States, moved from the administration of Barack Obama to that of Donald Trump. So we'll talk to uh, Tim Ball. We'll take some calls from you. Lean Van Heest, or Len Van Heest, was deported from Canada a couple of days ago. Been in this country for almost his entire life. The man is, I think, 60 years of age. He's been in Canada, except for a few months, the first few months of his life. He's been here. Somehow he wasn't registered as a Canadian citizen. He's had some issues with the law. Nothing terribly major from what we understand. Spent a few months behind bars, but also is said to have had some mental health issues. Anyway, the uh, federal government booted him out, sent him back to, uh, to Holland, to the Netherlands. Now, I have no great empathy and sympathy for people who break the law to enter this country and live here illegally, as you know. But there are ridiculous situations, and this would qualify as a ridiculous situation. You don't send this man who's been his entire life in this country out of Canada just because you can, technically. At the same time, you as a government are providing or are returning Canadian citizenship to a dual citizen who was convicted of being a very serious terrorist. We can talk about that in the next hour. But we're going to begin with this. Anita Kreintz has become internationally known from uh, Toronto Pig Save because she provided water to pigs being transported to the slaughterhouse by truck in Toronto in a, on hot summer days. And her trial in Burlington, Ontario, on a mischief charge has concluded. And a lot of headline stories, beginning with the fact that her lawyer, Gary Grill, has compared Ms. Crank to Mahatma Gandhi and uh, Nelson Mandela, and also said that uh, doing what she did was an act of kindness similar to when people gave water to Jews transported on, transported on cattle trains during the Holocaust. I'll we'll talk to Gary Grill about that in a few minutes. Uh, he's with us. Ingrid uh, Newkirk is here as well. She's the international president and co-founder of PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Ingrid, good to speak with you. Good to speak to you. Thank you, Roy. And uh, Anita Kreins, it's the second time we've spoken. Hi, Anita. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank how do you feel that the tri- now the trial is over? Um, well, the verdict will be issued May 4th. Right. Um, but I, I think that the trial is going very well. Okay. Now, uh, remind our listeners, please, what it is that you, that you did that got you t- taken to court. And, and, you know, you've said this, you've, you've told the story a thousand times. Please uh, tell it a thousand and first. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, our group, Toronto Pig Safe, holds weekly vigils in front of slaughterhouses. And we started in two, July 2011 
uh, bearing witness to pigs, cows, and chickens right in front of the slaughterhouse. And we only started giving water to thirsty pigs in the summer about three years ago. And I was charged um, June 26. Back in 2015, for giving water to a, a, a pig that was panting, um, and the truck driver came out and he said, "Don't give them water." And I said, I quoted chapter 25 of Matthew in the Bible and said, "When I was thirsty, you gave me water." And the, the truck driver said, "They weren't. They're not human." And um, so, basically, the issue is, you know, do living beings like pigs? Um, deserve to be treated like the rest of us want to? Like, does, does the golden rule apply to them, or are they just property? You know. Okay. Are, are you surprised that you wound up in court? I was. Yes, I was surprised that I would be charged for giving a thirsty pig water. And uh, did you have an opportunity to speak to the owner of the pigs at any time, or did you have any any sense that he also had a position, and that is, you know, if somebody's giving something to the pigs that I'm bringing to the slaughterhouse, they may not take those pigs based on the fact that something's been given to them while they're in transport. I think my lawyers, uh, Gary Grill and James Silver, dealt with that issue. Uh, sure. In court, they said, uh, they, they uh, discovered that basically all the pigs that were um, on that truck did go to, unfortunately, did go to slaughter. Um, and so I don't think that's a real issue. I think the real issue was that our group was beginning to have a big impact. We have a lot of videos that go viral that show us giving water to pigs, and people can really relate to those images, and I think the slaughterhouse was trying to prevent us from doing okay, that. Okay, so you had a lot of public support? Yes. Okay. Mr. Grill, Gary Grill, um, what, uh, first of all, did it surprise you that the case went to court? And then secondly, what did you base your, your defense on in, in layman's terminology? Um, we were quite surprised that the case wound up in a criminal court. I think most uh, legal observers were surprised by the fact that Anita was charged. We, um, Anita has obviously a number of different defenses. Uh, first and foremost is that nobody was harmed. The owner of the pigs um, wasn't harmed. The truck driver wasn't harmed. There was no interference whatsoever. The pigs all made their way to slaughter, as they have in years past and years that have come after Anita gave water on that particular day. But what we thought was important to advance at Anita's trial was this concept of the defense of public good. At common law, um, the law recognizes that although technically somebody might commit a criminal offense, if they're acting in the public good, the law should uh, allow for a justification of that person's actions. And so in layman's terms, the best example is, you know, the mother who finds some drugs in her son's dresser drawer and takes them out and wants to drive them to the police station. Technically, that mother under the law is guilty of trafficking in a narcotic. She's moving drugs from one place to another. And that's the technical, one of the technical ways you could be convicted of drug trafficking. Hmm. But of course, her purpose all along is to increase the public good, to reduce yeah. risk of harm. So the law forgives her actions. In fact, more than just forgives it, justifies it. Do you find, and I have to take a break here in a second, but did you find that the court was receptive to your position? Did you get a sense, get a feel that the, 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 the justice system, the court, everything, the whole, the whole apparatus would be empathetic to the position you put forward or, or see that it has a legal basis? Yes. 
Okay. I did get that impression very much. All right. Uh, I want to ask you about some of the things that you said in court because they've been uh, challenged. A lot of people have editorial views of the things that you said. I'll ask you about that. We'll also, of course, be speaking with Ingrid Newkirk, who's the co-founder and president of PETA. In fact, when we come back, we'll start with uh, Ms. Newkirk. It's The Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show, at The Roy Green Show on Twitter. Follow me there. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Anita Kreintz is with us. Ingrid Newkirk is with us. She's the president and CEO of uh, PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of uh, Animals. She's the co-founder of, uh, of PETA. And uh, with us as well as Gary Grill, the lawyer for Anita Kreintz. And you know the story of Ms. Kreitz. Now they wait until May until for the court to make the decision. Ms. Newkirk, for you to be there as the, uh, as the uh, co-founder and president of PETA, I'm sure the case is about the, uh, the, the, the pigs and, and Anita's uh, role in this particular case. But I would imagine that it's a, is it bigger for you than just this particular case since PETA's involved? Are you talking about a broader range of issues and animals? Yes, Roy. Honestly, it's a good example of what can focus people on the issues. Um, I certainly grew up eating pigs and other animals, and I'm very grateful that at some point someone was able to get my attention and say, hang on, they all feel pain and fear and love and joy. They, they want to live, and it doesn't make much sense except out of convenience for you to say that you're against cruelty to animals and yet you eat them. And today, of course, I would no more eat a pig or another animal as I would a golden retriever. And I think this case helps people see that those pigs have faces, they have feelings, they're panting. Um, it was horrible to see them the other day when I stood there with Anita and looked into the trucks. Uh, they're freezing. They've been coming down the highway all night and what was it, 22 degrees Fahrenheit? I don't know what that is in Celsius. And it had the wind had been blowing fiercely, and there they were lying in their own filth, huddled together and frightened, and they were going to their deaths. Why? For a piece of bacon. And I think this case lets people look at them and think, that pig is saying, I'm now, me, not meat. Well, people are making up their own minds, I'm sure, and I'm also sure that, uh, that the people who, who transport the pigs and who take the pigs to, to slaughter and who raise them are doing so according to regulations that have been put in place in this country. Whether we agree with them or not, they're, I'm sure the vast majority of them are living up to the regulations that are in place. Now, well, you know, Roy, there are scant regulations in place. No, I, I, think I understand. People would be horrified to see how. Do you think that there is? Do you think that there is an actual acceptance of the of the move to? To, I, I guess it's veganism, isn't it? It's just not using, yes. not using animals anymore. Yeah, you see it more and more, especially with the young. You know, we see on college campuses, for example, kids are asking for, I shouldn't call them kids, should I, but young people are asking for vegan meal lines, vegan meal plans. They don't want to, a lot of them wear animals. They don't want to eat them. Yeah. They see them as just others, the way in the past perhaps... Um, men look down on women and orphans were used in experiments. Who knows? All the things we've done historically to others, 
before someone said, hang on, they're a lot like you in the important ways. And I think we're seeing that now with that. All right. Let me, before I speak to Anita again, I want to close off with Anita as well. Uh, Gary Grill, when you, you're the lawyer for uh, Ms. Kreintz, you said in court, and I'm paraphrasing, going from a news story here, that um, Global News, a Toronto woman who gave water to pigs on a truck headed to slaughter, committed an act of kindness similar to when people gave water to Jews transported on cattle trains during the Holocaust, her lawyer said in closing arguments at her trial Thursday, defense lawyer Gary Grill also compared Anita Kreintz actions and the resulting legal battle to the experiences of historic rights activists such as Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and Susan B. Anthony. Not everybody's taken all that particularly well. Mr. Grill, what do you say? I don't know why they're not. It's a little bit odd to me that they're not. Um, the juxtaposition between what Anita did in this case is a good one. Uh, between the good people of uh, various cities in Europe who were coming out to aid the Jews and were threatened uh, and drove off by the gendarmes who were herding Jews into cattle cars. But the, you know that the argument has been, and the question and the challenge has been, that you're equating pigs that are being taken to slaughter, um, according to regulations that are in place in the country, with humans who were being taken to slaughter in the kind of circumstances that we all have learned to understand. Well, that, that wasn't what I was doing in court, but now that you say it, we are equating pigs with all humans. We're equating the pigs as persons, and they share uh, very much what we share in terms of their ability to suffer. And that's what this case is really yeah, about. I know that, I know that animals um, t- can suffer, and my, my two dogs are my best buddies on the planet, the rowdies. Uh, and they've duly earned that, that title. They re-earn it every day. Um, but, but there are people who, who will also say, now, hold on, there is a difference between animals and humans. I love my dog, but don't tell me that I have to have the same feelings toward every animal that, that you have for the human race. Um, Anita, what do, you say, what do you say to people who will make that argument, who will challenge the position that animals have the same rights and that may be the, I would think that's the strong majority of people on, on, on Earth today would challenge the notion that animals have the same rights as humans. Um, well, I, I believe in animal equality and, you know... I, but what does that mean? Well, humans are just one species right. of animals that share this planet with many other animals. Yeah. And we have different interests. Like, obviously, uh, we all have an interest in not suffering and not being summarily executed and not being tortured and not being confined. Um, you know, these are just basic rights. We all have yeah. a basic right to food and water when we're thirsty. And, you know, the but, animal but, animals, but animals are, are, you know, kill each other for food. They, they, they prey on one another. There's a, there's a, I don't want to say a pecking order, but there's, a, there's an order of, um, of primacy when it comes to who, which animals survive and which don't. I know, there's, there's no reason. The predators to, and the prey. There's no reason to eat pigs, cows, chickens, and, you know, and the, what, what was presented at the pig trial yeah. was that when this, the, our factory farming system is also killing the planet. Um, you know, climate change is, is something that's looming, and it's, um, animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of it. Animal agriculture also pollutes the water, is responsible for deforestation and ocean dead zones. And it's also hurting our health. Like, bacon is a group one carcinogen alongside tobacco and asbestos. Okay. And, and, you know, the ethics, you, you asked about the ethics of it. I, you know, I, we strongly believe in animal equality. Uh, you know, if we treat animals with respect and compassion and kindness, 
it's ultimately going to help ourselves. Okay, do, do you, Ingrid Newkirk, is, do you have a sense that people globally uh, are, are shifting to the, the, to the, uh, the point of view that you're expressing and, and Gary's expressing and, and Anita's expressing? Yes, um, it's happening. Um, it's happening slowly, but of course all social movements, um, the change happened slowly, and there was a lot of resistance to every single social movement. Mm. I mean, black emancipation, women's rights, um, everybody has fought against it hard, and then suddenly... All right. Well, we understand it now. Yeah, but you, you keep making the comparison to, to, to human uh, oh, yeah. battles, and, and, but, but that's with intent. You actually yeah. believe strongly that animals should have and do have the same rights as humans. Not the same rights, Roy, I would say, because, I mean, a pig doesn't need to drive a car or something like that. But mm. the fundamental rights that Anita was talking about, why would we deny them for something like a fleeting taste or a fur collar, um, the right not to suffer needlessly and to be denied basic things like a drink of water when they've been down the highway on mm-hmm. a broiling hot day in a metal truck right. with no relief at all. I mean, those are the basic rights we're talking about, not, okay, I have to, not the right to have entrance into uh, a public I'm, life. I'm going to stop you because I have to take a break, but I thank all three of you for joining us. Thank you so much. It'll be interesting to hear what our callers have to say. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Anita Kreins, who is waiting until May to hear what the court has to say about the mischief charge that was filed against her, and she's been in, on trial in Burlington. Her lawyer... With us as well, Gary Grill and Ingrid Newkirk, the co-founder, international president of People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. My number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. What's your um, point of view? What's your point of view? Many of you, no doubt, have pets, have animals that are part of your lives and you feel very strongly about. And you love them to death. They're your buddies. They're your pals. They're part of your family. But you draw a line somewhere between those animals and the rest of your life and other animals on the planet. I'm sure that if you look, if you have meat in your freezer or in your fridge, and some people would say dairy products, then you are on the wrong side of the equation. That's what Peter would say. I love my dogs, but I also eat bacon. 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. What are an animal's rights? Did I just say something that made you feel terrible? Or you say to yourself, yeah, me too. I love my pets, but I eat bacon. 800-263-2428. What rights do animals deserve? The same as humans? 800-263-2428.